Yo ho ho and away we go. Welcome to It's In Season, the anime podcast that is following along with you, or maybe possibly a step behind, an episode behind, with the current anime season. I'm David Majors. Some of you might know me as DJM. The Midwest crew is back together at full strength and at full force. Big thanks to Mark Huber for filling in, for filling in the spot start, but back in the starting rotation, my good brother, Mr. Richard Waters, a.k.a. Ness. What's going on, my friend? Not much. I just want to remind everyone that, yes, David, you are right. My name is Richard Waters, and I'm a certified member of this podcasting group and a bona fide otaku, and you can't teach that. Bada boom, Midwest crew in the room. How you doing? And introducing the third member of our podcast, young codiferous Cody Anderson. What's up, Cody? Yeah, I'm just ready to talk about any anime before I have to watch a game seven of for hockey. Ah, well then let's or game six technically, game six for us. Winner go home. All right, well then let's just jump right in. I mean, I, I've got another show right after this, so let's just get this out of the way and let's just continue on with the two shows we're talking about this season, starting with. Nanaki Village, The Lost Village. We're on episode 5, entitled Three Yunas is a Crowd. Uh, if you remember last week, Jack, uh, no relation to my co-host on anime podcast of some sort, was tied up. And the girl Love Pawn, uh nearly went full crazy. She went plenty crazy, but not full crazy. Uh, there was a giant Mitsumune in a cave, uh, Mitsumune being the, the main character dude, or the closest thing we have to one, and everyone reconvened in this episode and is trying to figure out just what the hell to do. Uh, Richard, how are you feeling about Lost Village Episode 5? Episode 5? Uh, you know, it's definitely taking a turn that I didn't expect. Uh, it seemed like... the there was going to be like two factions, I guess, with us or against us. Who wants to stay in the village and work things out? And who wants to get the hell out of here? And uh, yeah, I'm probably going to disagree with one of my co-hosts here, but it seems like they're all fighting. The main guy, or as close as you can get, is uh, he's separated from his uh, good guy friend. And really, there's only two main focuses on this episode. You have Jack. The criminal. Batman would definitely lock him up for a crime he committed in the past and what he may do. And then you have Lopon, the, uh, the the crazy girl that wants to execute anyone that basically gets in her way. Any transgression, any little slight, her decision is execute, execute, execute. She wants to just, you know, she's a big fan of capital punishment. And uh, while this is all going on, our main guy... He actually, this is when stuff is hitting the fan, because our main guy, even though he's being accustomed to the female gender, the opposite sex, he still is very naive, and he's captured by Lopon's group, who also includes the, the two gun freaks, the cat girl and the dude that isn't the cat girl, until something starts getting hot. He didn't take off all his clothes, but... There was a fire started by the uh, the young girl that he's kind of taken a liking to. And the one who went missing originally with the guy who has seemingly drowned in, 
in the lake earlier in the previous episodes, and that's when they see a giant thing and just you don't know what's going on with Lost Village. They don't know what's going on episode by episode. It's just yeah, it's it's intense. There's funny stuff. It's not too too serious while also being lighthearted in some aspects. So it's a great show. I'm glad I picked it. I will say that for me, I'm really glad episode six kicked into gear. Cause by the time episode five came along, I was really starting to slip on this show. It's not terrible. It just for a while felt like it wasn't going anywhere. We were seeing all of these characters and things going on and everybody being suspicious of one another and there wasn't any real reason behind it because there was nothing really terrifying happening that could have been that could have been proven to be caused by one person or another uh, other than Love Pwn, who was totally crazy. There wasn't really anything that was standing out yet for me. The only thing that really started to get interesting as to was was why there was the giant Mitsumune. Why was the Sundere girl seeing the giant Mitsumune in the cave and why the bus driver saw his daughter? So it started to get to the point where we're starting to see these things happen and there were, at the end of this episode, there was a, a giant thing of some sort, no relation, that was starting to form. So I feel like at the very end, of episode five of the lost village we're finally starting to get somewhere and it's finally starting to get interesting uh cody episode five how are you feeling like like richard i feel like i'm one of the only people that really like it it's not a show like erase that i would recommend to people watch but seeing as i'm a fan of shows like this in the genre i will watch it and if i knew someone else liked shows like this i would potentially tell them to watch it but for something this season I don't know if it was one of my it wouldn't be one of my first choices. But overall, I thought episode 5 was when I start, thought it started kicking into gear and this one was pretty good. Like Mikage, the guy with glasses, his attempt at being a leader it, it quickly fell apart. So rather than you know trying to maintain that position, he alienates himself from the rest of the group. I take that back. He does have that small falling as Richard said. He has love pawn, he has cat girl guy with a gun but it's mostly just the freaks of the group even though they're all mainly freaks he thinks the female tour guide suspicious character yet doesn't examine the people in his own group they're just as violent as the rest speaking of the female tour guide she's becoming one of my favorite characters and that reason is her singing at random times she just begins to sing extremely messed up folktales about the naki village every time she does it it just lets you know that she she knows more than she's letting on, just like Mikage thinks. But I just like these messed up songs. They just come out of nowhere. And, you know, the fact that Love Font admitted outright that she attacked, sorry, she attempted to kill Generic Kun, doesn't even bother the group in the slightest. And they don't even try to lock her up, but they were quick enough to lock Jack up. I'm not sure if you notice, this isn't the smartest group in the world. But speaking of Jack, I thought the jokes about Jack long name were a bit funnier this time around. I'm sure it's still lost in translation, but the group deciding just to call him ass, it fits the show perfectly. But the ending confirms what I said with Mark and David last time. What each character sees varies from person to person, 
The mountain area is playing off their fears and weaknesses, and it only happens during times of heavy duress or stress. Maybe we'll see a difference in the future in that, but when our main character was kidnapped, he saw a deformed version of what normally keeps him safe, that stuffed animal we saw at the beginning of the series. Masaki wasn't panicking, so I imagine she didn't see it. I do have to wonder what she was going to tell him. After the last episode, I think the Lost Village is beginning to come into its own. This may be too late for some. Personally, I'm still interested in this show. The group is still continuing to fall apart with smaller groups forming. It won't be long until there's more chaos involved in this village. A lot think the humor of the show isn't intentional, but I don't think that's the case. Episode 6 is an example of that. There's been a mix of long-running jokes, and there's been... Okay. St- Cody, yes. uh, before you jump into episode 6, um, h- how are well, you I- feeling about... Yeah. I, I, I meant five. I swear to God, I will. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, before I'll, I'll cut that out. Before we jump into episode six, um, you, you and Mark were the ones that pointed out that, yeah, this village is able to capitalize on people's fears and anxieties. Uh, what do you think? What do you think that the girl that was singing the songs knows? I think she knows more about the area in general, like more information in the folktale region, like stories of how it came to be, what maybe happened to the people who are there, and their everyday life, things like that. Okay, all right. Um, all right, now let's jump in. Uh, episode six, The Monk's Immortality. Uh, well, as I had been hoping for, and as I said a minute ago, now it finally feels like the show is becoming really, really interesting. Uh, we've got some real plot going on now with quite a few of the characters, and we're seeing more of their backstory. And uh, it took me a little bit longer than it did for you guys, but now I'm interested. Episode 6 is where I'm kind of like, okay... All right, I'm I'm interested now. Th- these characters, they're not all the most likable or relatable people, but there's at least a story and a concept going on that was very reminiscent of, as I said on a previous episode, kind of your classic Japanese psychological horror movie, in that it's playing on their internal fears rather than something of an external boogeyman. And it's manifesting those into something really scary. Uh, we find out just what happened to Love Pawn to explain why she is the way she is, and wow, that's certainly something. Uh, and with Cat Girl, Nyanta, uh, I also want to say, Nyanta, the Cat Girl, her fear is DJM's fear. So I can't say uh, I'm I'm not gonna make fun of her anymore for her little cat fe- cat affectations or or anything else because the fear she manifested is pretty much the same as mine. I mean, not exactly the same circumstances with the BB gun and everything, but yeah, that yeah, that those got that one got me right in the feels, you guys. That one, that one is my fear. It's my it's my big fear. So if if we're ever in a mysterious forest somewhere in Japan, and and something like that happens, yeah, that's that's what's gonna happen to to old DJM. Uh, Richard, 
Episode six, how are you feeling? Well, unlike uh, David, and I guess to a lesser extent Cody, I've been on board since the very beginning. I haven't felt like a lull like where, it's, where they said it's really picking up. I mean, it is picking up in episode six, but I've, sp- I've still been uh, basically enjoying it from day one. I, I usually say this a lot when it comes to Gotham because a lot of people disagree. But we definitely uh, got a bit of flashbacks and backstory on the, the Torture Squad, Love Pond, Catgirl, and them. Basically, what their lives were like before they got here. And it, a lot of the characters in this episode, we see them, uh, their, their innermost fears. And all I kept thinking was... If this was an Arkham game, well, obviously Scarecrow's behind it. And I, I couldn't help but think that, you know what? Love Pond, to be honest, I mentioned this in episode five, my uh, synopsis, that I would disagree. Uh, I saw that Cody on Twitter, which you can follow him, and he said that he actually feels bad for Love Pond based on her backstory. What her backstory is, is. Uh, there's a priest and her mom, and they needed money. You can go from here. And then the priest would actually beat her because she was acting up and just saying he was doing it in the hands of God. And I guess her execute thing was if only someone would execute uh, the bad priest for doing his thing, then she wouldn't be tortured and her mom would be free of dealing with this guy. So from now on, she just wants someone to be executed just to get rid of them, erase them, if you will. But – Seeing her just... I see what you did there. Yes. But when when I saw her join in on capturing our main guy and thinking there's more than one way to torture someone, I guess you could say there's more than one way to skin a cat because the cat girl was also involved. Despite what her backstory is, I just could not uh, feel sorry for her. Maybe my mind was already made up because before this, just her constant yelling of execution and all this other stuff, she was definitely slipping... From uh, she was never a favorite, but it was like she, I found her very annoying. So I, I'm not on Team Love Pawn at this point. Maybe it'll change, but who knows? But and I Girl, certainly, yeah. <clears throat> I certainly can't say I'm on Team Love Pawn. But now, now that we got her backstory, it's it puts it in a whole different light for me. Well, we we find out that a lot of them just have, or at least the point when they joined the. the the group to go to the lost village their lives obviously weren't in the in the best spot getting beaten by priests uh there are certain uh living creatures that will scare any would-be cat girl uh corrupt organizations just all this other crap this episode was based around the torture squad and just seeing their fears and we did see the uh more of the main girl or she, more of her background kind of as we found out in episode six she actually went missing near the the lost village so there's a question of since she did not we did not see her uh, her background and she wasn't really affected by the scarecrow fear gas there's it was almost a sixth sense going here it's like is she even real is she is she a ghost what's going on here but Episode six, it's definitely changing things up. We we got to know a lot of the characters now that we're in the village and we're seeing what they were like beforehand and just what is up with this tour guide. I almost feel like the tour girl is kind of like 
the light at the end of an anglerfish, or uh, Ichigo's mom if you're a Bleach fan for Grand Fisher. I think she maybe is there to was there to lure them to the village, and that is like her role. I don't know. Maybe she's just some sort of aberration or something. She's a ghost. She, she's the angel of death. Yes, she's. And the whole Cody may have liked it. The and I, I don't hate the whole uh, random breakout into songs, but when some of them are questioning her motives and that she's setting them up, you know, just breaking out into random singing of creepy songs doesn't exactly help her. Not that she's ever outright denied it. She just kind of acts quiet about it. Didn't so, she say she found a newspaper or something? Yeah. She's definitely not helping her her suspicious character just doing that kind of crap. That's all I'm saying. No, she's hiding things from them. She she's definitely she definitely knows more than the rest of them. Uh Cody, uh, how are you feeling about episode 6 n- now that it finally feels like <coughs> the Lost Village is getting into uh another gear? One could say this episode was interesting to say the least. It was inf- insightful to an extent, but holy backstories, Batman. If that's what you wanted, that's what you got this week. I thought the four of them were pretty good for the most part. Just like you expect from this show, the parts were just wild and ridiculous, especially the gun guy. Now let's start with him. He always wanted to be in their version of the ROTC or army. I kind of didn't want to pay attention to this part, I'll admit, but there was a... or I didn't really pay attention to that part where he wanted to join, but there's a certain height requirement for it, and he just wasn't tall enough yet. So what does every young teenager do with this problem? They go see a doctor to get a silicone boob implant on his head. It's truly an inspirational story. Yeah, it's truly an inspirational story of going the extra mile to live his dream. Never in my wildest dreams did I ever expect to see a giant boob chasing some character here. It's what a time to be alive. Wait, Cody, Cody, Cody. Really? How much anime have you watched? And this is something that you hadn't considered as a possibility? I watched a lot, but... I didn't see it coming from this, but I should have due to the humor of the show. I should have seen it coming. But This is anime still. I want to watch good anime. <laughs> Fair enough, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. But yeah, uh, the cat's girl, her story was pretty sad, but a bullied girl who got into the shooting because of the click girls who were bullying her. And yeah, I have to share your fear of bees too. I endured one earlier today when I was mowing grass, and they just bother me. and But yeah, my girl, Love Pawn. I've, I've slowly started to like her, and I think this episode's what, kicking it into gear now. She's, I think she's most sympathetic and had the best backstory of the four. You know, growing up in the household where her mother has to sell her skills and body to a strange man, the priest, as well as taking physical violence from that same man, would drive anyone a little insane. That terrible priest changed Love Pawn from a cute little girl to a crazy woman who seeks vengeance for any type of suspicion. But if they ever get out of the Naki village, they need to sign her up for therapy. All this physical and mental abuse she's endured, it can't be good on her, as you can see by the execution comments every single time. I got a better idea. Let's execute her. Whoa, hot take from Richard. Really? You don't you don't even want her to like go to therapy or anything? She um, could get better. If you if you guys will forgive and forget the erased mom, not that one, the other one, then I'll be on the Love Pond uh, rehabilitation bandwagon. 
Oh, I'm I'm not forgiving or forgetting either one of them. I'm just making the point that we saw her backstory and now we at least understand why she is the way she is. I'm not forgiving her for trying to execute Jack, not by any means. I I was just making the point of well, now we know why she's so insane uh because Priests have a tendency to do that to people, but yeah, I'm not wiping it clean. I'm just saying maybe if she gets out of this alive and she gets some medication and some counseling, then maybe, just maybe. We didn't see that with Hinazuki's mom on Erased, though. We didn't see as to whether that happened or if she was even remotely sorry. Hinazuki didn't buy it. I'm not necessarily saying I buy it or not yet. Uh, Cody, uh, what are you saying? Well, I understand that, yeah. It's just like the cat girl. She was shooting people with because she was bullied. Is that justified? No, but I understand why she's doing it. And the same can go for Love Pond, too. Well, BB guns are not the same as choking someone out when they're being when their head's submerged in water. It's hey, extreme. you can shoot an eye out. That is true. That actually did happen once. So, you know what? I'll say this. She should be locked up with intense care as long as it's not in Arkham where she can get out rather easily and, uh, you know, scare the actual law-abiding citizens. Get her some but, serious help. I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys Send her that. to Canada. Don't, don't let her be under the care of Doctor Strange, though. That may not be a good idea. He might be behind this whole thing. You never know. He might be. He really might be. Uh, what do you think of Gotham so far, Richard, since you mentioned it? Uh, I have enjoyed it since the first episode. So I've been on board. I really enjoy it. And I haven't seen, I think the last episode may have just aired, unless it they're skipping a week or something. But I have enjoyed both seasons tremendously. It might not. It's not my favorite show out there right now, but it's definitely in my fave five. I'm a big fan of Gotham. All right, me too. I, I I don't care that there's uh, no Batman and they change uh, some things, such as having Riddler a murderer. I don't mind that. It's I, I enjoy for what it was, what it is. I guess to use the wrestling uh, apology. All right, it's so we're on the. We're on the same page on Gotham, then. That's cool. Um, I think we're all now pretty much on the same page in regards to ReZero, aren't we? Uh, episodes 5 and 6. Uh, episode 5 was, The Morning of Our Promise is Still Distant. And we're starting to see that these Death by Resets are really starting to wear on our boy Subaru. He He's really starting to become very distressed by all of these. And no matter how many times he tries to get his way out of this giant mansion, he ends up dying horrifically. And to this point, he's still the only one who remembers any of it happening. No matter how much he tries, living in this palace and getting out in one piece... He ends up dying, and most recently, he was poisoned in his sleep. Uh, Cody, how are you feeling so far about episode 5 of ReZero? I'm still enjoying the show. 
it, it's just a plain fact that Subaru didn't see his death coming. You know, he expected to wake up and go off on his date with Amelia. Instead, he finds himself right back in the room meeting Rem and Ram for the first time. It's no shock that he freaks out and has to compose himself to look at the situation more calmly. And as we talked about before, you know, it didn't take him long this time to realize that the same point has changed. So that's a plus there. You know, it wasn't necessarily a bad idea to try to do things the same as he did before. It's hard to prevent his death if somehow doing things in a very different way made his death point change. Not that he wants, not that he was ready to die, but at least he seemed like he needed to figure out what happened to him. It's not like he didn't make any gains either. It was kind of important to work on his reading and writing. Mastering commu communication in this world will help a lot. But another gain from this new start was getting closer to the maids, Rem and Ram. Instead of just working, he was interacting with them more casually, and Ram was helping him out with his reading. Both of them had some pretty good moments with him. Rem especially seemed to get along with him just fine. But as for the real ending, I missed it the first time around. I stopped before the credits were finished, and I missed the huge scene from the end of the episode. I know oh, Richard and I were talking about that. Wow. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I watched the whole thing. And... I missed it. Oh, man. You know, you know what's weird about episode five? Every episode, except for this one, they've had credits while the anime is still ongoing. But for some reason, on episode five, we actually got a separate uh, like little montage where they usually get the endings ending song with uh, just random shots of the characters. For some reason, it randomly showed up. So if you... If you saw that, you would probably think, if you're not seasoned, that, oh, it's the end of the episode. Close out, go back, where, however you were watching it. But after this, then you get, like, an extra scene, and it's, like, two minutes. So, yeah, it was... And what maybe, a two minutes it was. Oh, yeah. Maybe they're psyching us out, like, they're, they're having... You can pay attention to Subaru's uh, struggles, but then they throw one at you. Maybe we have to deal with our own personal save points. Guys, let me ask you something about this episode. Uh, as it has gone on, I'm finding Rem and Ram and the owner of the mansion, Roswell, to be a bit less enjoyable. And the way that these characters are resetting is getting a little repetitive. I've already said I don't like Beatrix. I really don't. And right now... Subaru is kind you, of... Can I stop you there, David? Yeah, yeah. Beatrix, is that the lolly girl that's in random rooms? Yeah, she's the lolly girl. Hey, does something's bothering me, and I, I was going to bring it up during my turn, but since you are talking about her, is it just me, and it could very well be, but is she the same uh, voice actress, say you, as the the worm thing from Comet Lucifer? It's hmm. bugging me. and I It sounds familiar. It may just be the... The way the character is speaking, but I, I, I'm just thinking of that character every time she says something. Well, well, Cody, I'm uh, uh, you guys can talk about actually, Richard, if you want to talk a little bit about episode six, I will look that up and we'll find out just what that is. OK, well, episode five, it's I missed the uh, last episode of It's in Season, so I don't know uh, exactly I don't remember what happened in episode three and four, but five, it's starting a different, I guess, sort of, he must have reached a checkpoint after surviving the, uh, the killer for 
the insignia that felt stole. Now he's in the castle. Now he has a whole another thing to deal with. He wants to go on a date with Amelia. She's sort of attractive, so why not? And he woke up, and that's when he noticed that, uh-oh, I'm going to save point because he was working, and none of his uh, scars on his hands from cutting himself were on his hand anymore. So he realized, uh-oh, now i got to do everything over again. So he has to retrace his steps in order to get that date again with Amelia. And he does all that. And at the end of it, this is where things get interesting. Right before the credits, he remembers that when he was sleeping, this is where his uh, restart, his checkpoint, put him back to her. So he didn't want to miss out on his date with Amelia. So he decides to, you know what, I'm not going to go to sleep because that's where I messed up last time. And what's interesting about this part is uh, anyone who's a fan of horror movies knows that this is not going to work, particularly because it's very Freddy Cougar-esque. And after the credits, which unfortunately some people may have missed, there was a very Freddy Krueger-esque scene where Subaru ends up just dying horribly. And yeah, so episode five ended with no progress really made. He, he's back to square one, and I can – although I didn't feel this personally, I can definitely see since this ReZero is not going to be a 12-episode series. I think it's 24 or 25. So to have like three to four to five-episode chunks where he has to redo a certain thing could get annoying depending on how it progresses throughout the series because any gamer knows that – having to redo the same thing over and over, especially if there's an unskippable cut scene right before that boss, it gets annoying. So hopefully that's not the case with ReZero. I am enjoying it. Uh, I don't know if I'm enjoying it as much as uh, Lost Village, but I definitely like the show. So hashtag thanks, Cody. I am enjoying the show too, but I think after episode six, the Lost Village is catching up to ReZero. That's how I feel. Uh, Cody, how are you feeling? Well, overall, I thought this episode was very solid, and the show is solid at this point. I'm kind of getting – we'll talk about this episode a little, the next one, but we need to see a little more variety. I am getting a little bored of you know him re- resetting all the time and losing progress and all that. It's almost okay. like it's a grind. It's yeah. – it's, and, it's kind of like this is that's why I don't play fantasy games. That's exactly why. It's almost like a Dark Souls type, where you have to keep trying at it and keep dying. And you go right back. Well, you guys aren't about to rage quit on uh, ReZero, are you? Oh no, no. no. So you, you definitely I, like it better than Prison School, right? I will say oh, that yeah. right on ReZero, I am at the point where I'm looking online to see, okay, how do you get past this already? I'm getting a little annoyed. If I were a Twitch streamer, I'd be talking to the chat saying, okay, enough already. Help me out, guys. So let's just move into episode six so we can maybe make some progress. The Sound of Chains. Subaru has a little bit of detective work, and he realizes that in some of the recent times he's been killed, he's been hearing the sound of chains. And this episode had a little bit more of a lighthearted feel to it uh, in the interactions with Subaru, Emilia, and Puck. And, and I thought that was fun. And I, I'm glad that that was there and we weren't so necessarily stuck on 
Subaru interacting with Rem and Ram again, because that was getting a little tired for me. But this time around, with Subaru's actions, uh, Rem and Ram are reacting to him a little bit differently. And there's also a story. There's a story, a fairy tale, about two ogres. And something tells me that we're going to hear a lot about this story a little bit later. Uh, Richard, episode six of ReZero, what do you think? Well, episode six is, uh, say what you will about Subaru, but he does learn from his mistakes, at least after making them five or six times. Episode six, after he was killed by a Freddy Krueger-esque murder victim, as a murder victim, he starts over in bed. He knows that the killer is going to kill him and everyone else rather shortly, so he needs to change up his routine. So far, what he's been doing is, uh, the clown guy, the... The owner of the castle, and you should never trust a clown with those snake-like eyes, especially in anime. But he gives him one wish, and he's chosen to uh, work work in the castle, and that's how he uh, interacted with the two twins, which I actually disagree with David on this. I kind of like them, mostly just because of the way that they always start their uh, dialogue by repeating, Sir, sir, sister, sister. Great show, by the way. This time, though, instead of being a worker bee, he decides, I just want to be a guest. And this way, he can do a little investigation, search around like he's in a telltale game. He doesn't have any luck uh, finding anything, so he decides, you know what, I'm going to leave the castle. He says he's going to the capital, but what he's really doing is uh, he's going to keep an eye out outside of the castle. That way, he can see everything that goes on, especially... Amelia's room, not so much to be a, to be a, a pervert voyeur, but because, uh, well, that's his main priority to save Amelia. He's got to get that date somehow. This is where things uh, are a little interesting. David mentioned a fairy tale, and the two maids, the twins, one has a uh, red or maybe it's pink hair. The other one has blue, and he told the story of a, a red ogre and a blue ogre, and one of them wanted to be friends with people. And the other one helped him out, so it, it kind of fit in a way. And uh, so he was really bonding with one of the maids, and that's when, as he's outside the castle looking on, and that's when he's attacked. And we find out exactly who the killer is. He tries to fight back, and then as he's holding on to the chain, he finally sees the uh, the identity of the victim. And that's when we find out. It's the maid that he was not too friendly with. The one that wouldn't give him the time of day, the blue-haired one. I, f- I forget which one her name is. So, yeah, the blue-haired maid is the killer. I don't know what it is about ReZero, but I always used to joke with people that women are either not serial killers or they're the best because they never get caught. And it seems ReZero, this is where all the female serial killers are at because we had the uh, – the crazy witch, and now we have the crazy maid. It's just women be killing in Red Zero. It's it's weird. They, they also be trying to execute in the Lost Village. <laughs> this whole season is just uh, on female death row. That's <laughs> all sorts of lady killing. Any, yeah, I'm sure you guys do that on your own, but you guys aren't going to write any uh, love letters to them in prison, are you? I, I think no. Cody might to on, no, but no, no. We'll leave the time in prison to you, 
because you you seem to be the one that would get a kick out of it the most. Well, that is interesting because if there is a season two of Prison School, it seems to be based around the women this time. So bad girls. That's just just a thing these days. I guess that's the theme for this year. Bad girls. They're they're fighting the patriarchy with extreme prejudice. Uh, But yeah, at the end of this episode, we see that it is the blue haired maid Rem that came after Subaru with the chain. Uh, I wrote in my notes, in the words of Booker T, what the hell? But then I realized that this turned out exactly how it would in a video game. He was nice to one of the girls, and then the other girl scorned him with extreme prejudice. It would not surprise me that if it were the other way around, that, yeah... I probably would expect the other maid to be the killer. This was very, very video game like. Uh, Cody Hell hath ha- no fury. Hell hath no fury, like an Atome girl scorned, as they say. Uh, Cody, how are you feeling about episode six? The sound of chains. I thought it was solid, but I'll, I want to talk some about the story that you two mentioned. In the last episode, it was actually suggested that Rem and Ram were demons, and I remember that Ram was actually overjoyed that Subaru wasn't scared of demons, and she actually was pretty happy about that and had a giant smile. So this story that Subaru tells kind of plays into that theory that they're demons. Since this is a different world, I don't think they're directly related to that legend, but it applies very strongly to their own situation, that they are the red oni and the blue oni in this world. And I'm curious to see more of the background in the future, if he's able to survive this. But yeah, it was a strong episode. He spent most of his time trying to figure out the truth and uh, continuing to learn the language. He's sort of working hard to level up his skills. You could say that, like in a video game. But unfortunately, his good efforts are met by one shocking revelation. As David said, that Rem is the one killing him. And once again, she's trying to kill him. And hopefully he... If he is able to survive, or even if he isn't able to survive, hopefully he can get some information on this as for a reason why she is doing this. It's just a tough moment for him with the progress he's made with pretty much all the characters. But you know, this has to be because of Roswell's order, or just she wants to protect Amelia and her sister. The next episode will have a bit more variety than the last episodes. They've been about character and relationship building. The next one have well, a little more action. I doubt I'll have as much action as the fight with Elsa, but I'm looking forward to it. This arc has at least another episode or two, so this part of the story will be wrapping up soon. Uh, what did you guys think of the story and how Ram, uh, the pink-haired one, reacted to it? Uh, and the the way that Ram reacted to the story. Richard, uh, if you remember this scene... Uh, the, the maid Ram asked Subaru, which of the ogres would he be friends with? And he picked both. So, what do you think of what Subaru is trying to do here? It seems like he was seeing the best in both of them for, for a second there. Because, uh, she listened to his story, which I was surprised because. He actually went out of his way to say, be a little more friendly with me. And she usually blew, blew him off until the next day where she actually sat and had tea with him. He told her the story, the red ogre, the blue ogre, 
and uh, she offered out his finger, her fingers and said, pick one. Who would you rather be friends with? And he grabbed both of them and said, I want to be friends with both of them. And maybe that's what he wanted to do, thinking if he can not really worm his way into the red hair girl's uh, graces, but if he can make friends with her, perhaps uh, the blue one will come on to his side. If he can get the maids on his side, well, that'll help him when it comes to uh, this beast, this monster that's killing everyone, except uh, he probably should have picked the red one because the blue one turns out to be a psychotic killer. Or We don't really know the reasons, but yeah, so you have to wonder because with the previous uh, murderer, they all fought and basically failed miserably until a white knight came to the rescue, and he might not be there every time, so unless... Uh, they have a red phone and can call the first son of West Newbury, Massachusetts. Uh, they might be in trouble, even if he can uh, make it to the blue-haired girl and fight her. Yeah, I got nothing after that. <laughs> um, other than I'm glad that episode six presented a wrinkle in that we see that it is Rem that was attacking Subaru. That that at least is Oops, interesting. Real quick. Sort of like the uh, the teacher. Did you guys uh, picture one of them was the killer, or did you think it was an outside force, perhaps the witch again? Did you see this coming? Yeah, I, I think two episodes no. ago I predicted this. I really didn't. I really didn't have any clue at all. It's another teacher moment, I guess. Just I like you raised. So. I guess Actually, so. If anyone one else thing. suspicious of the the dude just because of creepy oh, yeah. clowns, but that's maybe that's the red herring. It seems too obvious that you know because we all love clowns. Well, or he's the guy. Clown, he's the guy that's probably sending the orders. Stuff? He's probably uh, the guy sending the orders to kill him. Right. He doesn't want to get his hands dirty. Could you imagine he, if it was a clown dressed in a striped shirt that was black yeah. and yellow? How spooky would that be? That'd be spooky. That, that, on that note, on that note, guys, I, I think it's about time to wrap up this episode of It's In Season. Uh, Richard, t tell us what you have going on. You, you're, you're doing some Let's Plays now, aren't you? Yeah, actually, uh, as of the last episode, which was two episodes ago, last you heard from me, I had started doing some Let's Plays. I have three games out right now. And if you would like to watch them, you can just go to my YouTube channel. The link is on my Twitter profile, but I'm sure uh, David will also link it on uh, DeltaJulietMike.com. So check it out as I play some games. And that's pretty much all I got going other than this wonderful podcast. And you can follow Richard Waters at Real Radish Man. Cody Anderson, what do you have going on? Tell me something. Tell me anything. Uh, well... Two weeks ago, I finished, or maybe the last week, I finished up with school. So I actually have time to devote to doing something now. And I have plans of, or something I want to do, and I'll let you know when I get to it. All right. Well, uh, we know we can follow you on Twitter at Cody underscore Anderson with no O somewhere in there. And uh, thank you all for listening to It's In Season this week. DeltaJulietMike.com, iTunes, Stitcher, you know all the stuff. If you feel like, no big thing. If you don't, patreon.com slash Delta Juliet Mike. 
Gotta make sure I get that in there because I think I missed it on A+. Patreon.com slash Delta Julian Mike. Thank you all so much for listening to It's In Season and we'll be back to talk about ReZero and The Lost Village again next time.